Heidi McDonald, uh, back at SPX, and I am sitting here with... Jeffrey Brown. Hey, Jeffrey Brown. So Hello. we, how are you doing? Good. How are you? <laughs> good. It's good to see you. Yeah. Um, so I'm just checking in with people, uh, you know, finding out we haven't seen you in three years. Uh, so, you know, how was your pandemic? Uh, what kept you going for the past three years? What was, what was, you know, your fun thing to do or your project or, you know, what were you up to? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the, you know, the pandemic was very up and down. There were, there were bad times, but some good things that came out of it. We we finally finished our attic to be my studio. Oh. Um, so I have a nice, a really nice space now to work in, um, and that's definitely been helpful and conducive to working. Um, and yeah, I started playing pickup soccer, and so that's kind of been my outlet to. Um, avoid the troubles of the world for for an hour. I didn't expect to hear that. That was a, that's a surpriser. Okay, yeah, you're the first person who said that. So good. <laughs> then I'm still unique in yes. some way. Yeah. Um, I mean, did you did the pandemic affect your work schedule at all? Your work habits? It. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I had a. I was in the middle of a middle grade series that. Um, it had, the first book had come out just after the pandemic started, and so uh, that series was canceled. Um, and I, as you may know, I have plenty of things to keep me busy, but there was some free time, and I, I started working on um, like just like a fantasy adventure story that had been in the back of my mind for a while, and um, was was just nice to have something to work on that without any of the usual pressures of of a cartoonist as like a business person like with deadlines and things so what was the book that got canceled if you don't mind my it was the space time series oh, so right and yeah so the first book came out and everyone was inside yeah <laughs> yeah um so they did release the second book but um I just had to rewrite the ending to make it slightly less cliffhangery. Yeah, but. yeah. Well, I've talked to a lot of people here who had pandemic orphans. You know, like there's a lot of cartoonists here who had that happen. They had a book come out March, April, May, June 2020. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, they did not get the attention that they should have. And, uh, you know, here at SBX, it's like, oh, three years later, here's three years worth of insanely good books. Uh, and... You know, obviously, you are a very prolific cartoonist. So, is this new fantasy series out yet, or is it? Um... Oh no, it's 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 a ways off. Um, mm -hmm. Right now, I'm just working on like the third rough draft, and I'm in no like it's it's been my place to kind of counterbalance um, the past decade of being on this middle grade Star Wars train of just. <laughs> Production deadlines, churning out work, and the expectations that come with that, both you know, professionally and personally. Um, so it's so the fantasy adventure is kind of just like my own fun thing to to do, and it and it's it's fairly expansive. So um, 
yeah, I mean, I, I probably shouldn't even talk about it because by the time it comes out, people yes. are going to forget. Well, that's true. I'm not, I, I don't, I don't want to hear like, I hate it when people yeah. are like, you know, it's about yeah. man who leaves the house and he's wearing the blue pants and, you know, but then blue is eliminated. And so, you know, what he finds out is that, you know, there's a country where it's only blue. So he has, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And then like, that was 2020. And then like, where's your blue yeah. pants? Anyway, yeah. so I don't think it's gonna be, you know, I don't think it's gonna be ten years off the road. Okay. You know, but but the the on the other side is most of what I'm working on right now is licensed projects that haven't been announced that I can't yeah. talk about. Yet, well, so. you did do some Star I Wars do. stuff during the pandemic, I, didn't you? I did you? some Star Wars stuff. There'll probably be more Star Wars stuff. Um, and I did this. The, the next book I have coming out in the spring is uh, Thor and Loki. Oh, oh, uh, that's right. You joined the Marvel Legion. I finally, yeah, yeah. I, I had the opportunity to do a couple Strange Tales stories, but, you know, uh, although I did do the, the Batman and Robin and Howard, I, I was also always a big Marvel reader growing up, so... Um, finally had the chance to channel my, wow. my Walter Simonson Thor love into a project. So this is Young Thor and Loki? Yeah, is- Young Thor and Loki brothers and, uh, you know, making mischief on Earth and Asgard. Send and, help. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was a, lot, a lot of fun to, to play with those characters yeah. and... Is it is it a book or is it a series? What it'll, is the it'll, it's a book, basically like in the Darth Vader in okay. some format. Oh, okay. So sixty four pages, right. square. Wow. You know, for kids, but also for adults. Yeah. Definitely any anyone who who read the Thor comics, especially like the the comics in the eighties. There's some references to to things. So. Well, uh, I'm sure there'll be some chuckles in there. Uh, I, I definitely look forward to seeing it. Um, do you, you also just had the, the your your um, compilation come out from Top yeah. Shelf, Loved and Lost, right? Yeah, so it's been 20 years since my, my first adult autobiographical comic, Clumsy, came out. And um, Top Shelf had been talking about collecting the three relationship books into a single volume for a while. And it just seemed like 20 years, that seems like a good a good time to do it. Uh, no, these were your first books. So they're, they're autobiographical and they are uh, no punches pulled, no holds yes. barred. They're very revealing, right? Yes. Uh, and uh, how does it feel to have these back out now that your life is kind of different? Yeah, it's considerably different. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's it's strange. It's, it's you know, the not just like the, the books came out 20 years ago and the books are about events from even longer ago so it's like the it's weird to look back at those things and look at drawings that I'd forgotten I'd drawn about events that I'd forgotten happened wow <laughs> you know some, in some cases so yeah. it's um yeah so I mean hopefully hopefully there's still meaning for for readers to find to um, have you have you is this your first show like your first indie show since the pandemic it is, yeah. I've done, yeah. I did like San Diego and some Heroes Con and C two E two, but okay. this is the first like indie show. I was trying to have a mini comic for it, but I just I couldn't get it together. So when you, you know, Jeffrey, we don't have those abilities to stay up all night anymore, do we? Yeah. If I if I'm up all night, it's because you know the dogs barking. Or something. <laughs> very very different. Uh, well, I I would be curious to. 
uh, to, you know, to see, is there anything in the books that when you look back at it, like you said, you forgot some things, were there any things where you were like, oh my God, I I can't believe I did that, like I would handle it so oh, much differently I mean, now. I mean, most of the, the <laughs> most of the books, you know, but it's also, it, it's like, I, I try to look at the past, not like with regret, but I can still wish I did things differently, but I, you know, I'm thankful to have experiences that shaped me and right. for better or worse and like yes I would have liked those experiences to, to have been universally positive and amazing and that, that I was like the perfect person but um, I don't know of anyone who's who is that and so like I think that's the kind of the point of the book is like and the title clumsy is like it's like we all just stumble through life especially when we're young and learning and and that's okay. It's okay to like go through that, and it um, doesn't mean like you need to forget those experiences or wish they never happened. Um, right. But just to you know, just to learn from it all. Right. Right. Hopefully. Did you at that time twenty years ago? Did you think that you were going to you know make a career as a cartoonist who did draw just this kind of autobiographical or you know kind of indie material? I guess you could say. Or did you have any inkling that you would eventually be drawing, you know, Star Wars? Yeah, I definitely did not <laughs> suspect that I like the Star Wars would happen, or or even just the middle grade kids books that I've done that weren't Star Wars. Um, yeah, I don't know that I was even thinking that far ahead. I think I thought I would like be doing comics, but I like it, it was definitely by the by the third relationship book. I was starting to think about autobiography differently and like the next few projects were more sh short stories that were compiled thematically um, and then I kind of hit this point where I, like this is what I've had to say about this for now. Did you, um, did you do a book that was like a mystery about a truck? I I did. Okay, I don't know who I'm thinking about then. All right, so I strike that. Um, I'm trying to, wow, now what is that? But okay, I don't know. It'll come back to me. I'll go digging through a file. Oh, are you, well, there's the, I did a short story for Drone and Quarterly that was, there's a truck and it was like a murder. Yes, yeah. that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, because that, okay, I think yeah. that was one of the first things you did after like, the, the relationship books where you, I was, I think I was talking yeah. to you and you were saying, oh, it sounded more fictional. And I was, was like, like, oh. A, it was based on a true story right, that was fictionalized. So it was about a story like that kind of intersected with my brother and like there was a truck that like they found some strange stuff and, yes yes and the truck had just come from this place where there had been a murder and yes 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 it was intriguing it was intriguing um and that's why it stuck in my mind because i remember it was uh, you know anything that's like a mystery yeah is, yeah it's something it, i you know like like an adult story that's fictional like that is something i haven't done yet and it's something i've thought about but um it's also like I, I've kind of let my career guide me more than like like so I just kind of like this is what I'm interested in now this is what I'm going to work on and try not to be like I need to do this kind of thing now um, 
Yeah. And try not to, like, force myself into those things. Yeah. So. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, it's good to have opportunity, but it also sounds like with this you know, fantasy book, you're kind of, you know, revisiting some some stuff that you have some ideas that you've had for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Jeffrey Brown, uh, we, we love your comics. We love you. Uh, we love Incredible Change Bots. It's another old oldie but goodie. Uh, really looking forward to Thor and Loki. That sounds adorable. And Loved and Lost on sale now. So, Jeffrey, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Hello, Heidi McDonald, SPX. I am here talking to... Jennifer Hayden. Hey, Jennifer. We're back here at SPX. And I'm asking people, what uh, what kept you going during the pandemic? What, what was uh, keeping you afloat? So I decided to write the story of a trip I'd just taken, um, and I was in the middle of writing when the pandemic started, and I just kept going in all the madness and intensity of not showing anybody what I was working on and not doing it for any particular publisher. No guidance, no um, no net, and I ended up writing, telling the story of going to France, uh, having horrible things happen, which ended up happily in the end, and uh, flashing back on all my bad experiences of going to France, uh, a country I have loved from afar but has never loved me back. And then um, I got the cathartic closure of writing the end of our trip, which was very happy with a wonderful lady, and I ended up, in fact, from that trip getting a translation of my book, and it's coming out next week. Oh, wow. The book is coming out next week. Yeah. Who is the publisher? Uh, Place de la Cité, and it's their first graphic novel, as I understand. Oh, wow. They're, uh, they're um, part of Editis, which is the second largest publisher in France, and uh, they've renamed the title. They're calling it Nene Cherie, which is the baby name for breasts and then deer. So it's deer breasts is the translation. Okay. Okay. And I really can't wait to see it. I actually did 16 panels of original, new original art for the edition. So right. and this is this is the story of your tits, to be clear. Yeah. Yes, this yeah. is that because I see you have a little ash can of a book, and it's called La Chatte Noire, it's, uh, the black cat. And this is your travelogue, right? So the travelogue story that I did during quarantine was, I called it Le Chat Noir, because the black cat follows me throughout my trips to France. But of course, it's got to be a French cat. Yeah. Now, uh, you, a lot of people love France and love Paris and say it's their favorite place on earth. I mean, I've been there several times, and I the first few times I went, I really had a crappy time. And it wasn't my favorite place on earth. And uh, the last few times, it sort of redeemed itself. But it is possible not to have a great time in Paris, isn't it? Well, I went to Paris. I had, I went to Paris when I was 13, and um, my brother took us to a crepe place to eat crepes. It was hot summer. They had no water. I drank so much hot, uh, so much um, alcoholic cider that I vomited the entire trip home from France the next day. Yeah, I that's bad. Everywhere. That's bad. And then when I was 16, I went for a bicycle trip, and the girl next to me fell off her bicycle and got a concussion, and we had to leave her there when we traveled home. The next time, I took my fa- my family, my kids and my husband, and I sprained my ankle so badly that I spent the entire week on crutches. Wow. On cobblestones on crutches. So then, when we went back to Angoulême, we started to lose people. On the oh, trip. so you were on the cursed trip. I think I've talked to a few people about this cursed trip before, where 
you know, there was you were you were the last man standing, right? Uh, Linda Bernard and I were, and that's what this book is about. This is the the basic story of the book, but with lots of flashbacks. And um, she, uh, Glynis Fox was grounded by a blizzard in Vermont and couldn't make the trip. She was the first person to go down. Then we <laughs> arrived, and uh, and um, uh, uh, Karen Green uh, ran off in a, in a little bit of snow to meet somebody at the uh, Musée d'Orsay, and she slipped because they don't do anything about snow and ice there, and she broke her wrist fabulously. She right. needed pins put in, surgery. Yeah. And she had, she had to stay in Paris for like a month, be waiting. Well, at least a, a couple of weeks. Yeah, and yeah, she yeah, yeah. could not um, go to Angoulême as a result. So I met um, Linda Bernard, who I'd only met once on the train, and Gary Groff, the publisher of Photographics, was supposed to come with us, but he nearly had a heart attack carrying two suitcases <laughs> of books, 50 pounds each, and he was running to catch the train because he hadn't understood the system of getting a taxi in Paris, which is complex. And he, so, so I sat there on the train with Linda, and we looked at each other, and she said, you know this is an Agatha Christie story. <laughs> and I said, yeah, and I don't like my chances. <laughs> And it went on from there. That's the book. Yes. That's it. That's well, the story. Well, uh, this book, I look for it. So this book you're finishing, it has, doesn't have a publisher yet, right? No, it is It is forlorn and looking for a home. But, yeah. you know. it'll, it'll find one. There's so many other, uh, you know, there's so many great publishers. Uh, how do you, is this your first show or have you done others during the pandemic? Uh, I was going to go to Mocha, but I chickened out. I thought... So many people got sick after they went to Angoulême in March that April spooked me, and uh, and so this is my first time out, and I am so delighted to see so many of the usual suspects here it's great. and hug them and see their faces at least the top half. It's Camp Comics. Camp Comics is back. Oh, what's that? Camp Comics. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. Well, well, Jennifer, it's great talking to you, great hearing about your book, uh, catching up, and um, thank you so much. I am finishing a book. It's, it's, it's. I would have to say I am doing one for Top Chef. Oh, what? Tell us about that. And I can't wait. Um, I was halfway through it when I took played hooky with this other story, and it's called uh, Where There's Smoke, There's Dinner. Oh, and it's a cookbook of recipes you would never want to make, uh, and that, and each chapter is looking into what it exactly is my mental problem with cooking. I hate it for so many reasons, and I've tried to cure myself so many times. So it ends up um, being like a compilation of uh, stories about you know the, the uh, how. How, how things can end in disaster in spite of your best intentions over and over again and how a person can, in spite of making dinner every night, never learn to cook. <laughs> well, uh, I resemble that notion. So uh, this is another one. When is this book coming out? Uh, I will hand it in in a year, so I'm hoping 2024. Okay, so that. we have to wait a little bit of a while, but it sounds like you've been pretty busy, so that's great. Uh, well, thanks again, Jennifer, and uh, we'll see you at the next show. Thank you. Hello, Heidi McDonald. For more to come at Small Press Expo, and I am here with. Uh, hi, I'm Tommy Parrish. Hi, Tommy. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. So, uh, just running around talking to people, and 
trying to find out. My main question is, uh, you know, we're here together at SPX again after three years. And my question is, what got you through the last three years? <laughs> well, as I was just saying before, it's been a bit of a harrowing couple of years. But um, this big book that I just released, I've been working on it the whole time. I also, um, like, renovated uh, a trailer that I'm, like, living in on, like, a friend's, like, land project that got me through it. Um, yeah, a, a family member died in Australia. I'm sorry. Yeah. And so kind of uh, renovating and doing the book at the same time was, like, a really great, I don't know, making myself very, very, very busy. Mm-hmm. Now, did you find that your, you know, the situation, which has been, of course, insane for all of us and changed all of our lives, um, did you find that the, the pandemic, did it change your, your ability to work or did it change your work habits or how you approached it? Um, no, I don't think so. I think maybe there was a period where I was like, because <laughs> everyone was getting unemployment, <laughs> and I didn't get unemployment for obvious reasons because I'm not American. Um, so I just, like, worked consistently the entire time. Like, it hasn't slowed. I worked the same amount as, right. like, I did before. So what is your book? It's called In Men We Trust. Men I Trust. Men. Close. <laughs> Close. Okay. Uh, so it's 200-plus um, pages of, uh, like, gouache painting it's about sort of like two women and um god how am i going to elevate a rep this thing <laughs> there's so much time with it you could t- take as long as you like okay we don't need any elevators so okay no elevators um so like one of the women is like a struggling artist she's like a single mother um and she's like in recovery from uh i guess drinking and like there's like a another woman who's like around the same age maybe like a couple years younger she's like living with her like middle class family because you know she's been like having a bit of a rough time and she becomes really kind of like transfixed with this like first character Eliza Um, and it's about sort of like the push and pull between the two of them I will say your books resist elevator pitches um, yes, your work do. in general does, but uh, I mean it's transfixing. I mean your work is it's you know it's it's comics at their best because it's uh, well one of their best. There's so many different kinds of comics, but your your work is just so much about interpersonal relationships and very subtle and you know you don't you don't ever put things on the nose. I haven't seen your new book because it's sold out. I understand. <laughs> well, we're only talking at like five o'clock on Saturday, and I as I saw Tommy, uh, they were sitting there with nothing. Nothing to do because you had no books to sell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was like, let's go do an interview instead. Um, but yeah, I mean, your 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 book your your work is about, I guess, interpersonal relationships. Is that is that the best way to describe it? Yeah, I think so. I, I guess like um, people is I don't know. People are the most important thing to me. What is like life without people? You know, that's true. And so yeah, I just love writing about it. So what? I mean, how do you, uh, what gives you the impetus for a story? I don't know. (laughs) I think it's just, um, like a drive. Yeah. It's just like what, 
um, my whole life is, and I love it, and it's really, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, it's certainly not, like, easy, like, it's not, like, a fluid process at all, but, yeah, I just, like, love it to death. Do you, do you, um, all right, because I couldn't remember the name of your current book, and I'm also blanking on the name of your last book, what was the, uh, no, 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 what was it? Yeah. It's called The Lie and How We Told That's It. That's The Lie and How We Told It, <laughs> which is a great title and a great book. And again, it's just about people, very subtle relationships and, you know, things they tell each other, things they don't tell each other, things they don't tell themselves, right? Um, and I'm just wondering, like, with a narrative like that, though, I mean, does it come to you in one piece? Do you, do you work it out ahead of time? Do you script it? I mean, how, you know, well, what's your process? Sorry. No, no, that's okay. Well, the most recent one is, like, way more scripted and there's, like, a plot and plot points and beats and this is what happens and like this scene is like pushing towards this end result but like the first one is like I don't know it was just kind of a conversation that went for like over 100 pages and so it was very much like uh yeah I don't know I just like wrote it as I drew it Mm -hmm. um which is like a really wonderful way to create but it also makes it quite difficult to um so it makes it harder to create like really involved complicated characters Mm -hmm. when you can't go back right like when you're like almost over halfway through writing something you're like oh actually this person is like this Mm because this is actually their motivation right and you can't just like kind of go back yeah um so yeah i'm trying to find something in the middle between like the excitement of um painting and drawing as i write and uh, being able to like really like think through what's happening and like where the characters are going and where they've been. Right. And stuff. right. Yeah. A lot of our creators always tell me that you know the characters tell them what's going to happen. Do you feel that way? No. But <laughs> there is the other side. There is no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, sometimes, but I definitely. Yeah. Sometimes. Oh. Yeah. Do you do you know Lilai? Yeah, she's my best friend. Okay. I, I had a feeling uh, I had a feeling you did know each other because you're both from Australia. Yeah. And you both lived in Montreal, right? I moved to Montreal because she moved to Montreal. Ah, okay. Yeah. I had a I didn't know that until I asked you that question, but I I had a suspicion you two knew each other. Um, but your work does kind of have a similar yeah. sort of uh, you know context, I guess. I mean, Lee's stories are also very much about just human relationships and very subtle. And I mean, it doesn't come right out and say so and so is angry. We see their anger, or, or we see other people talk about the you know, like we see the effects a lot of times of of these emotions mm-hmm. as much as the actual emotions. Yeah, she's like a person that's like very. I don't know. She is very... She has very, very good social skills. (laughs) Very, very good social skills. So, like, I I guess she spends a lot of her life in the miniature of that, sort of, like, navigating, like, difficult emotions and, like, the best... The most, like, transparent and also, like, the most... I don't know. um, Like, the kindest way to move through them. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, she finds great comics and all of this stuff. Now, were you... You were friends back in Australia. Yeah, she's been my 
my bestie for like 10 years. Oh, wow. So, I mean, I, I interviewed Lee for Publishers Weekly, and, um, you know, she told me about, like, the comic scene and, you know, like, being part of the comic scene in, in Australia, but, I mean, it's still kind of emerging, or is it full-grown? I mean, how, you know, obviously you're both part of it. How was it for you? I would say that it's emerging-ish. <laughs> There's, like, you know, there are, like, quite a lot of people that are part of it, um, but it's very like. Tommy, you don't smoke cigarettes, right? I don't. I don't. Good for you. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, oh, just a little live, live SPX action. Yeah, I know. Very exciting. You mind if I tell So yeah, it's like emerging-ish. There are a lot of quite a few people that make comics, but in my opinion, oh god, they're like. Not, not a lot of them are like there yet. It's okay. Hey, you know, listen. It does. Uh, I think one of the, the problems that I've heard other cartoonists talk about in and that the, there isn't a there isn't a real um, native industry there. I mean, it's not like you know, there's a lot of publishers. There's not a lot mm -hmm. of books. I mean, a lot of it is self-published. There's not a, a lot of support. And you know, for people to to grow, well, I don't know. This is what I've heard. So mm -hmm. you can give your own interpretation of that, well, <laughs> or the truth, since you were actually there. <laughs> I don't know. With the internet, I don't know how much it, much it actually matters. Yeah, but don't you think, like, like just even, you know, talking about, you know, Lee being your best friend, and, like, I know Lee talked about when she moved to Montreal, finding the community there. You know, the internet can only do so much. Mm, I think having, true. like, even being here at SPX, I mean, just connecting and, you know, face-to-face, -face, like you and I are right now, mm. I think that, that you can, obviously comics are being done on the internet but i do think having an actual local community of people who are supportive i you know i yeah. don't think there's any substitute for that that goes a long way i think what also goes a long way is like for me personally the easier it is to live somewhere the easier it is to make mm -hmm. because like so much of making yeah. is having a bunch of like space um and it's quite hard to live in the united states <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there is, like, a lot of community, and it is, like, I don't know, I love being able to, like, go to these conventions, and, like, they don't exist in Australia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you go to, is this your first show since, I mean, during the pandemic, or have you been to other shows? I've been to uh, Cuties, which is, like, a Providence, um, like, queer and trans like seen for, I've been to others. Um, maybe one other that I'm not thinking about, but like this is like all very mm. new. Yeah. And it feels amazing to be like back in the mix again. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, you, you have a big smile on your face and uh, as most people at SPX do, there's just a really good feeling here. I mean, yeah. that's in my opinion. I'm having a blast, and it sounds like you are too. Yeah. And your book sold out in like, you know, hours. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, it's called Men We Trust. Men I Trust. Men I Trust. So I'm close. going to get the title <laughs> in, right one of these days. It's called Men I Trust, and it's from Fantagraphics by Tommy Parrish. Tommy, thank you so much for taking some time with us today. Thank you so much. There will be more to come. Hello, back at SPX, and I am here with Julian Lytle. Julian, how's it going? 
Music going on right here at SBX. All right. Uh, so, Julian, I'm just going around asking people, uh, how was your pandemic? What, what, what kept you going for the last three years? Um, uh, my day job, reviewing movies and uh, doing some work with DC Comics, um, consulting on the Naomi ECW TV show, and occasionally doing some of my own comics from time to time. Yeah, well, that sounds pretty busy. How'd you find time to do your own comics? Uh, it was, it's very hard. I had to find it in between the breathing room of, of everything else. Yeah. So not as fast as I would like to. So, uh, what were you as a consultant on Naomi? How, what did that entail? Um, for the most part, uh, Ava DuVernay brought me in after, um, I helped, uh, along with Tom King going over with the New Gods movie that was in production right. a while ago. Right. And, uh, right. she, uh, kept me in mind. Oh. And then when she was doing the show, she brought me in uh, because I know a lot about the DC Universe. And I was able to help um, Jill Blankenship and the writer's room understand all these uh, amazingly wild concepts of the DC Universe over the past 80 plus years. Wow. I like that you just name dropped Ava DuVernay like it was no big deal. That's pretty awesome. I probably wouldn't have done that until like she talked about me entertainment weekly because i kind of kept a lot of this stuff like close to my chest but it's like well if she could talk about me i guess it's pretty cool i, I can kind of talk about this more openly. yeah why not uh well that sounds like a really interesting experience i mean i hope it's opened some doors for you um some things change uh I, it's, it's a little bit more um i'm a little bit more positive about <laughs> comics and entertainment than maybe i were let's say before the pandemic, um, so yeah, it's been pretty, it's pretty good. We'll see what what, what shakes out. It's yeah. still like everything is still changing and things are new. Yeah, well, it's a whole new world now, and different different places, different people. Um, your book is called Ants, right? This is your longest running project. Yeah, I've been doing Ants since uh, 2009. It's a web comic, and I don't do it as regularly as I once did. Uh, but I still, you know, there's still a bunch of stuff going on. It's a bunch of stuff to talk about. So sometimes I get the urge to uh, make some comics. And I was able to put a, a good number together to put out a new book for SPX. What, what is Ants about? Ants is, they're like giant anthropomorphic ants that uh, I use to talk about current events and pop culture and things going on in the world. So if you read the news or pay attention to silly stuff that's going on, I might have an ants about it. <laughs> very good, very good. Now you and I were talking a little bit because you are uh, here. You you live local to here. Yeah, I live in DC. Yeah, so you have seen SPX for you've been coming for a few years. Though, for right? a while, yeah. My first one was like 2002. Yeah. Then I took a break, but ever since like 2007, I've come pretty much every year. So that makes you a veteran. So we were talking a little bit just about some of the changing tastes. Here at the show, or just you know, there are absolutely trends. Yes. And um, I think what we were saying, I do see like in, in a lot of the work here, a lot of the younger cartoonists, a lot of fantasy and a lot of like, like kind of light horror fantasy, and not yeah. like, 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 like it just seems like zombies are out. I think. Yeah, um, I, I think that the the two thousands or let's say like the war and terror era of America led into like zombies and a kind of fearfulness of the outsider and being attacked and not knowing what to do and hunkering down and it feels that like especially coming out of, out of the pandemic and the uh 
kind of shifts towards being anti-capitalist, vampires is a good stand-in <laughs> for that, along with, like, vampires are generally shown as beautiful. Like, we're getting a new version of Interview with a Vampire. And right. Castlevania is popular. And these things are these beautiful people that, that take things out of you to be indoctrinated into their world. Is greatly different from less from the zombie. The zombie's violence. The, it lead, the zombie leads to like um, people uh, attacking people. Everything is like they're topical, so it doesn't. You need it is not like no ongoing story. It's just topical. All right, Judy's making a sale here, so yeah, we're well, gonna go on pause while he makes a sale. Okay. Uh, 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 happy customer just walked away. Um, yeah, but I, I agree with you. I think like the fact you know that like, zombie contagion is just kind of old news when we're living in the essentially what is a zombie contagion. Yeah, we, we, we've been through that, so it's, it's time to, to to look into other things and be absorbed into different types of let's say horror fantasy. You know, I guess next up would be Frankenstein when you start making people like new new types of. New types of people. You right. start adding new parts in and new, new types of eyes and stuff. But right now, the vampire seems to be, you kind of want to be the vampire, but you can also hate the vampire. Right, right. And, and of course, it's glamorous and, you know. And they look like elves too sometimes. They got pretty yeah. hair. Oh, and, they're sexy. Come on. Yeah. Vampires are sexy. That's yeah. always been a thing. So, you know? uh, I, I definitely agree with you. There's a big, there's a lot of comics. There's a lot of witch comics also. I do think that there's, uh, the witch is a really good, uh, metaphor, I think, for a lot of times we're, tra- we're you know, transitioning and, you know, magic and switching. Coming identities. into a power. Coming, coming, into, in, coming power. into a power. Absolutely. Um, That's a totally certain, a, certain attacks on, you know, certain groups of people yes. and some of that historical things with witches, a lot of that. Yeah. That comes into play aesthetically and, and even subconsciously on what they try to tap into. And, uh, it's, I wouldn't even say that it's even as much, um, cute anime or manga influence now it's like a different it is more Kaluta and old J.R.L. Tolkien type of like oh. feel in the in some of the drawings even if they look cartoony I, it's, it's, it's pulling more fantasy right it's, right right that's an interesting observation yeah definitely I mean it's fascinating to come here to SBX and just um, I mean I love it <laughs> I just love seeing all the the comics are so many great ones, and just you know, seeing old friends, and also just making new ones, seeing the, the new inspiration and the new creativity. It's like it's just overwhelming. Yeah, and so I always see new people every year. The shift in SPX in terms of independent comics people, in terms of the talent, is way different than you would get at like a let's say a mainstream show. Like you kind of know what you're going to get when you go to a San Diego or a New York or even a C2E2, but here. It's like every five years you got entirely new new people, new creators, uh, new styles, new approaches. Uh, it's, all, it's it's like SoundCloud rap versus <laughs> versus regular establishment rap. Yep, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Well, when you have user generated content, anything is possible. Yeah. Uh, do you you run? You say you run Ants as a web comic. Can you run it on like Tapas or Webtoon or your own platform? No, I, I still had I still use my old website. Um, I thought about putting it. I thought about putting on these new platforms, but I don't know if it if it would work there, especially in the nature of what trends and what the algorithm shows in these type of uh, these type of platforms, which focuses more on like uh, romance or situational type 
uh, either comedy or dramedy or drama and that overall versus like a one-off strip or something like I don't maybe also I don't like doing color so <laughs> that also affects what gets right, pushed right. it's like picking and choosing what you're going to do on any of these web platforms even Instagram YouTube you got to make you got to pick what you're going to do and how, how it works you know I don't want to do reels so I'm not going to get put up as much. Yeah, no, I'm a little over reels myself. It's annoying. Yeah. And, you know, even Kim Kardashian complained about it. When Kim Kardashian's complaining, you got to change listen. something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, everybody's a little sick of just seeing the reels come through. And you know what? TikTok's got it going on. You, you know, until Congress shuts that down, it's <laughs> their second place. Just to yeah. Them. You know, it's yeah. not the new thing in there. Uh, so, well, well, this is, this is great. Uh, Julian, you're always interesting talking to you. You always got some very good insights. So, uh, you know, you should hire this man for your, your consultant. He could consult on all different kinds of things. Um, uh, Julian, thank you so much. Thank you so much for talking to me. Okay, Heidi McDonald at SPX. Uh, I'm talking to Laura Lee Gulledge. And Laura, our question today is, uh, we're back at SPX for the first time in three years. What got you through the last three years? Well, the past three years has been heartbreaking, losing a 11-week book tour. So I've been making a lot of scenes in the meantime and working on the art project that is me as a person in the world, but also doing a lot of community outreach and partnering with a lot of students in a lot of places and uh, picking up on sort of the stories that we're all telling and letting this kids sculpt me for a while. So now I want to do books that are maybe instead of a fictional character telling a healing story, something more straight up graphic novel self-help that's a little bit more prescriptive to give people tools to help them. Because I know it's not just me. Oh no. Oh no it is not. Yeah, you can talk about a lot in comics, so mental health and healing and uh, yeah, it sort of diffuses some of these heavy topics because also cartoonists can make things more funny and accessible. Wow, you have a whole table full of mini comics with really great titles like COVID Moments, uh, Artist's Guide to Self-Care, Dear Sad Me. Artner love, I like that. Uh, yeah, what were these comics that you've made during the pandemic? Yeah, at the beginning, I was so heartbroken about losing my book tour. I thought, I'm never going to do a book again. But then I thought, no, we just need to heal this. So let's fall in love with self-publishing again and do what we did at the beginning, which was to start small. So I started making, I just started with two scenes and did three more scenes and then four more scenes. Um, and it's been really healing to you know, be able to experiment too with an idea that doesn't take five years, right? But is more exploring, like maybe it's just text, maybe it's talking to future me, maybe it's a, a, a cyclical comic like the moving again that's unpacking and packing and unpacking a box because I moved three times. Wow. Or procrastination, which is the so not ready. Like, I can't go out in the world because I have to finish all my endless sewing projects. Yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> um, wow, that's amazing. Um, now, is this your first show in, in the pandemic? Or, you know, the post-pandemic, or, you know, whatever we're in now, the transition. The back, weird time. Back to, yeah, the strange times, yeah. This is my third and final show of the year. And the first one was kind of traumatic. It was so overstimulating that I 
actually developed a whole self-care plan around shows since then. Where was the show? It was at Mocha Fest. Oh, wow. So, and a lot of us, it was our first show since pandemic, so we're not in the rhythm of putting on our public side and running a table and just being around so many beautiful people and cute weirdos. So it really was a lot to take in, but uh, I learned a lot. So now this time I'm enjoying a lot more with my hot tea and my noise-reducing headphones. And oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. That's a very common theme in talking to people about how they have to get literally back in shape, um, you know, physically. I mean, if a lot of people haven't traveled. A lot of people haven't really been at a big crowd like this and and it is uh, a transition it is like you know it's not uh, people are curtailing I mean me too you know I used to go to 12 13 14 shows a year obviously there aren't uh, that many shows anymore but I only you know I think I've done one two three four this is my fourth show of the year and I'm doing New York Comic Con so I think that'll be it for me yeah, so this show I'm really excited, but also a little relieved. Right. Uh, because this is the end of a two-and-a-half-year book tour, but hasn't felt like a climactic book tour. Well, tell us about The Dark Matter of Mona Stark, because this was a book that's one of the, you know, co-victims. It was a book that was coming out just before the pandemic, and you, you didn't cancel your book tour. So tell us about Mona Stark. So she is my alter ego, who's 14 and dealing with her matter, which is how I personify depression, anxiety, our shadow self, inner critic, like all that that dark, icky vibes that come up, um, especially when you're a young person and you don't know what voices in your head are telling you the truth. So it's about her sort of studying her matter and the matter takes shape as this sort of almost filled ink blob that is following her through the story. But it's about her modeling how to heal and how to notice her patterns and how to include others into her creative process. So there's partner love is like the love story. And there's even like an artifice moment where it's learning like, you know what, these feelings, I just need to put feelings into action and do stuff. So she also has a therapist. So it's modeling a lot of self-care. There's even a a self-care plan in the back. So you were already uh, exploring the self-care genre even before you kind of became job one. Yes, yes. That's one reason I was so sad to lose opportunities to connect her with librarians and teachers and readers. Like, finally, I have a book that's very prescriptive on how to deal with these really negative, dark emotions within us. And then I lost the connection. But thankfully, I've been doing a lot of teaching. And uh, I actually did business school where the whole middle school read Mona as, like, a school project to also just give framework to talking about mental health and, and pictures and metaphors. So, like, in the book, I talk about falling down the well is when I get like in a really bad situation and like what do we do to climb out of the well so I think it's really helpful to give images and metaphors to help people even have forms to explain what's going on because I call it the matter because as a kid my parents would be like oh why is Laura Lee upset again and like what's the matter with her and I'd be like I don't know what's the matter so that's why I learned to draw that's a great that's a great <laughs> connect that's a great title and a great uh, uh, metaphor actually uh, well Laura it's great to see you here back at SPX and I'm sure that you know we're, we're, our, we're, we're coming back we're adapting to this strange new world and I'm sure I uh, will see you and please do check out Dark Matter Go to Star you can get it online many fine online or in bookstores even right? 
Yes. And my website is whoislauralee.com. All right. Thank you. Thanks.